0: You've seen our research on social media. Now join us as we dive deeper into the public health topics of our time, featuring new studies and findings generated by a faculty and researchers committed to advancing health equity. From the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC, this is Preventive Pros, the podcast.
1: My name is Fatimata Sanogo, and I'm a PhD candidate in epidemiology in the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences. My research focuses on understanding the benefits of mind and body practices for patients living with type 2 diabetes, and why it is important to understand this is that just about under half of patients who live with type 2 diabetes are unable to actually achieve the glucose-level under control. And at the same time, there's also been an increase in the use of mind and body practices in that population, although their benefit has um, not been clearly established. People living with type 2 diabetes not being able to get their blood sugar under um, a recommended level put them at a higher risk for just diabetes-related complication like stroke or heart disease. Right now. We have a variety of range to address blood sugar levels in people living with type 2 diabetes. But despite that, there are many who are not able to achieve um, reducing their glucose level under the recommended um, mark, if you want. And so um, about under half are unable to do that. And this uh, effect disproportionately Uh, minority people. So that will be uh, African American and Native American and Alaskan Natives and Hispanic people compared to their white counterpart. The big goal in understanding diabetes management is to really get a sense of how we're doing as um, a health medical um, community in terms of addressing and helping people. What we found in our research is that mind and body practices are effective at helping people with type 2 diabetes reduce their blood sugar level and to um uh, and it gives a benefits comparable to metformin which is a drug that's used for diabetes treatment so one of the implications uh in terms of treatment or policies i would say is that there may be a shift for policies to include mind and body practices as um, an effective non-pharmacological prescription, if you want, in addition to the drugs, pharmaceutical drugs that they're using right now for people to manage their diabetes. And that may actually help a lot because there are many patients with type 2 diabetes that found themselves having to use multiple medications. And then it can become stressful or people can become less compliant over time when they have to deal with um, multiple medications for a chronic condition. Another aspect to how it can inform policy is that it can help us in terms of equity and just access to practice that benefit everybody equally. Because right now, um, there's a lot of money that is Americans are spending on mind and body practices or just complementary and alternative medicine in general, in fact, over $30 billion a year. But that money is out of pocket. So that implies that the people who can have access right now um, to those uh techniques like mind and body practices if they're beneficial are more likely to be people that can afford it and people who that are already overserved by our healthcare system and if it works there is a need to allow this to be accessible to those people the underserved in our community perhaps by um allowing you know insurance companies uh, to cover some of the cost so that there is an equity in distribution of something that works. So here at USC, there is the Imagine Health study that has been led by Dr. Mark Wagensberg and his team, and what it is an intervention study where they brought a mind-body technique called guided imagery to a population of adolescents, predominantly Latino adolescent. Um, in high school and the intention of the intervention is to look and see if an early introduction to those techniques can um, support and reduce uh, the risk to uh, diabetes in those uh, population at higher risk uh, for developing diabetes and how Perhaps a technique like guided imagery can also help them in terms of not only stress reduction, but even just life behavioral choices in terms of maybe um, the food they choose to eat or um, engaging in physical activities, all of those um, different behaviors that are actually beneficial to help and reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. I'm very optimistic about the future of mind and body practices in uh, chronic disease just treatment, management, and prevention, whether it's type 2 diabetes, cancer, and other chronic condition. um, We see it more and more used even in clinical settings. For example, mindfulness-based stress reduction um, is a somewhat standardized mind-body technique that was developed by Dr. Jon Kabat-Zinn and is used widely in um, different clinical settings today. Um, and there's been a lot of research that show that those techniques can help in terms of stress management. Um, and there is also a lot of research that is still needed to really understand overall their benefits. But I can see the future of mind-body practices being just an integral component in terms of uh, improving physical, mental, and emotional health, which then really can promote a whole person health, which is um, ultimately the goal.
0: Preventive Pros, the podcast, is produced by the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC. To learn more about any of our episodes or to subscribe to our monthly Preventive Dose newsletter featuring the latest in public health research and news, visit pphs.usc.edu forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.